This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio program on Community Radio 3CR. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio, we're a little show about cycling and related transport issues coming to you from the studios of 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. And on this uh, Labor Day good weekend, we've got a full house, believe it or not. Welcome our studio guest. We finally get to meet after all these years. Thanks for having me back. It's been a while, since October 2016. Yeah. Fun meeting you in real life. Yeah, and we're going to talk about uh, the work you've been doing out west side. And uh, Steve is uh, back in the studio. Yes, it's a public holiday appearance. It's my um, eight hours of uh, Play not, not not working. Because we've got Murmur on today too, which is, you know, so that little daggy thing that Melbourne does. But Yeah, if you're uh, in, in the city or down by the river, go and um, eat some junk food and watch people water ski in the Yarra. And... Birdman on later today? No, it was yesterday. Oh, God, I wouldn't know anything. People leaping, leaping off platform trying oh, to fly. Yeah. It's kind of like, yay, yeah, we're trying to be kind of as hip as, nah. I just keep on thinking of Do Re Mi's uh, song from the 1980s on the King of Moomba and kind of some really dated references in that about like our paper tram tickets and stuff. Right. You know, and um, concrete landslides of building too much and they thought, this is 30 years ago, what do you see the top end of the CBD right now, mate? Yeah. Okay, so what's been going on in your world, Steve, in terms of cycling and staff? Uh, well, apart from barking up a lung, riding with a tail end of a cold, you know, backing up from big trips out into the bush, things like that, planning, you know, when's the next big trip? Not too much apart from group rides, really. Yeah, so uh, you've been doing the stuff with the Jenkinoff people. Yes. Yeah, they're very we- nice people. Weekly or um, tw- thrice weekly. And uh, CB. What have you been up to of late? Oh, back to school and it's school runs with a cargo bike and kids and cycling on this road called Duke Street, which borders between two council um, areas called Maribyrnong Council and the other one is the Brimbank Council. So I'm um, cycling on my cargo bike every morning and on that narrow street we're um, being pushed by big trucks cars everywhere so with our bicycle lane so that's that's the daily that's the daily grind for us daily grind out in the western suburbs because in here we're seen as some type of you know chosen land sort of thing and it's really sometimes i look at it and go it's actually not too good anywhere to be honest because we're really 
you know, without getting too much on my high horse of what stuff's been going on with cycling advocacy for the last 10, 15 years, we've all been really shoved to the to the um, camber, really, haven't we? Mm. But west west side, we've got yeah. Let's yeah, let's build yeah. ourselves okay, up. Let's build ourselves up. <laughs> do, you, do you want to give a bit of background about yourself as a writer yeah. and what you've been doing? So, um, ever since uh, I started writing, which is um, three years ago, back in twenty sixteen, my first article and my first artwork that were published were both bicycle related. So it's always been there and I've always wanted to write this essay which I told you about a couple of years yeah, ago yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like I was gearing towards that like how do I write this and then I would keep on attending all these west side events about bicycle forums about family bike days okay let's attend these and see what's happening and then when the um state elections were uh gearing up for uh a campaign we wanted to think something about bicycles as well i attended those evening meetings as well so um yeah and then next thing you know i've got this essay in mind i wrote it finally i even hired a um a professional editor for that the next thing i know i find out in that by the end of um 2018 it got shortlisted for this uh prize called the fair australia prize uh, via the overland um literary magazine yeah so since then, um, yeah, uh, there was a, that was a brilliant ride. And then I had an opportunity as well to be part of the, what do you call the Australian Walking and Cycling Conference? Yes. Oh, yes. I was in a panelist there on inclusion. So we were, I got to meet amazing, amazing people, including the one from the author of the building the cycling city, the Brentlets, Melissa and Chris, we yep. were part of that in that panel, so that was amazing. And the people from Bike Bendigo. So that was that was a brilliant um experience going up all the way to Bendigo. And but then that's another story. But that essay was also the essence of what I was telling them about, you know, the structures of bicycle industry. It's there's something missing. It's the elephant in the room, I reckon. It's because a lot yeah. missing at the moment. <laughs> it's not just it's not just like it's suddenly it's kind of like fully formed into being. No, there's this stuff that's been missing out of our cycling yeah. and moving around culture. I don't know. We keep, keep on saying transport. I like to say moving around culture because there's so many things that's involved with that that affects what you can do. Who yeah. you are, yeah. who you can go visit, what your family can do, yeah. if you can study or you can work, or and it's just this um, huge, huge topic. Which this cycling show is just a tiny part of. It is, but there's a big bit missing. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with your take on what's missing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. 3CR's Radical Radio book is now on sale for just 30 you can get your copy of 3CR's book at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. 
Get a piece of your own history on sale for just $30. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. You're back listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR. And in the studio today, CB Marco is going to talk about what is missing from cycling culture. <laughs> okay, so that there woke you, you up. Yeah, so on this uh, sleepy Monday morning, we're going to hit a very pertinent topic to do with, you know, moving around on culture. Yep. yep. So um, when I found out that uh, the essay didn't win, but then this was... There's this week called the International Women's Week was coming. Oh, International Women's Day was coming, and I pitched it. I repitched it to Overland. Say, would you like to have it online because it's quite relevant. Um, it's all about women. Uh, the original title of the essay was about uh, was called "Women Cycling and the Other." So, what was missing? The other. Who's the other? So, but then when it was online, it was edited, it was shorted for. Um, for online publication. So it's a very different title. But then the essence is still there. The missing was the other. Because in the literary circles, there's always there's already the change that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, when the programming um, festivals like Melbourne Writers Festival or uh, Digital Writers Festival, all these things that I've attended because Melbourne is a city of literature, they've already included... Um, the marginalized people of color, um, the disabled into their programming. And if you listen to a particular uh, podcast called the Garrett Podcast, um, one of the speakers there was um, Benjamin Law. And he did say that diversity and representation can be applied everywhere, everywhere, in any, any industry. It's in business, it's in in film, and in um, in screen and in stage. But then, I'm in in this cycling industry, and I don't see that change. I don't see that that what they call um, yeah. It's very well pale and a bit stale, and you know, be careful using the words. Because we don't want to, <laughs> no, no. because we're already pretty marginalised over here. We're over in the Canberra, we're over in the Gutter anyway. And as we can see, Steve could about probably probably interact a bit here. There's been a whole move, and I'll say in the last five to ten years, with I'm not. I mean, this is this is an observation, but not a criticism, but with bike packing. And some of the touring stuff, it's kind of like, we're going to take ourselves away from the urban issues. It's a bit too much, so let's go off and be a bit escapist. Yeah, there's... That's an um, observation. It's not a criticism. It's also... um, There's there's some... Let's just say there's some diversity in the... You know, what what has become popular, the bikepacking scene. There's reasonable diversity in the... um, uh, publication of of stories of of people's trips um like nationally and internationally yeah, yeah, yeah. i understand that but what yeah. i'm getting at is the actual activity yeah. is yeah. taking ourselves away from how hyper intense the urban environment is uh, right now and being escapist that's that's yeah. true and that probably well, yeah, parale- par- yeah parallel mm. to that is the growth mm. in um 
the growth in gravel riding, yeah. um, people are de- choosing to uh, take to unsealed roads oh. um, as a way of escaping the the you know the the more trafficked sealed roads. So if you look at the Audex rides, for example, the the uh, mixed surface and, and unsealed rides have have hugely gr- grown because people are taking themselves away from those more trafficked routes, and it's probably yeah. a re- reaction to that traffic and, and well, intensity. Someone could say it's it's um, recreational as opposed to riding for transport, but we are seeing an upswing in that, and for people just simply want to enjoy their lives because at the moment. Yep. Riding around the city, unless you've really got a set route or, you, you know, or the infrastructure's been put there for you, it's a bit daunting. I mean, yes. your perspective from West Side just speaks yeah. volumes. Absolutely. There, um, in the West Side, well, he, we're here in Fitzroy right now. Um, I could see a lot of bike lanes. Uh, on the other side, we're still fighting for bike lanes. <laughs> yeah. The idea of bike lanes in the West is um, very much recreational. Mm-hmm. It goes around. It's roundabout. Um, I would rather prefer, um, in my opinion, have something on the road that directs, uh, leads directly to shops, to bikes, connect schools to libraries as an everyday cycling. Uh, uh, so riding a bike, you don't have to uh, bring your car to drop off your kids to school or just go to the library we just need we just need to change yeah change that idea that the change of of bringing a car to go everywhere just within five kilometers into um just ride a bike you don't need to go fast just regular clothes yep just um hop on the bike bring your book Put it in the library, and that's it. That's really, it's it's just so natural. And for me, I cycle so slow. It's like it's a little faster than walking, and I, it's usually in three wheels as well. So, because I've got balance issues, I've got hearing issues. So, um, as you said, Steve, um, the the trend now is going outside and then that's privilege um i some people don't have that privilege to be able to travel far away mm-hmm. we're just within our communities so why not develop the communities into bicycle friendly areas because this is this is where we are um it yeah it's become um well it's becoming apparent that um, the, the need to work on a on a on a sort of a, a human and person um, sp- specific um, urban landscape. It's the how do people move around rather than the way things have been planned and laid out. Is is every, everything everything's done in this Lego land for for cars, and they're forgetting that it's about should be about moving people. And I think as the um, density increases as the um, population density increases. Uh, that's going to be the main need. Um, change it because you can you can compact a lot more people into a walking cycling city um, than you can in a in a car centric one. Absolutely. 
Yeah, but and also just to give a bit of um, perspective, we're talking from, if anyone's listening to the podcast, this is from Melbourne, Australia, and we are bursting at the seams at the moment. This city is undergoing so much growth. And just to the west of you, yes. was it Wyndham? Um, we're in, I'm in the border of um, two councils called Maribyrnong Council and... Mm. Um, uh, Brimbank Council, so yeah. that's Braybrook and and Sunshine. Yeah. So that um, I've been hashtagging both um, these two councils because there's this street, this narrow street called Duke Street. Yeah. Uh, five schools um, composed from high school. There's secondary schools. Uh, high school, which is secondary school. Um, there's a primary school. There's a neighborhood house with um. And and kindergarten, all that's happening in that long, narrow street, and cars are speeding, and the councils are not listening because it's the border. It's it's oh, it's, it's all yeah, too hard. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's Vic Roads. We can't yeah, do anything. Exactly. Vic Roads won't talk to you know. Or Vic Roads is kind of always a little bit standoffish with councils. Mm. Every council I've heard of, they go, oh, Vic Roads kind of. It's not, again, it's not, uh, actually, no, it is a criticism and an observation. Um, yeah, and you get these issues where, what, you know what it's doing, don't you? It's stuffing everyone's quality of life. Not it's perhaps. stuffing your possibilities. It's stuffing what you can do every day. Yeah. It's, it's directly impacting upon your life. Yeah. We've been cycling there since my kid was um, in kindergarten. She's now in high school. So all these years we've been um, telling our councils, Come on, do something about it. Um, they say it's been budgeted. It's always been the budget. They will um, tweet back and show me a budget, and nothing's been happening. So This is where sometimes direct action gets the goods. Because yeah. you can see what uh, residents you know, down towards uh, Footscray have done with some of the stuff to do with Whitehorse and... Um, no, what, well, not what? White, White, White Hall, White Hall, Hall Street. Sorry, yeah, got, yeah, no, no, that, no, that's further away. Um, yeah, but like actually blockading the street and stuff because the the pollution and the truck movements down there are just insane. And we're kind of like, scary. we're supposed to live in sleepy old Melbourne where we're all laid back <laughs> and everyone's really chill. No, it's not. Parts of Melbourne are really crap in terms of truck movements, PM two point five. You know your pollution. And people are just expected to accept this. And we no. we have this overviewing thing of, oh, we have good quality of life and we don't put up with bad stuff. Yes, we do. So lift ourselves up. Yep. That's what? why we continue to write. Yep. Write these essays that um, really um, make you think, make you change your mind and try to figure out what um, we can do and improve the West Side and Really, really fight the idea of including bicycles into your everyday life. There is a process ride coming up this Saturday, and I'll be joining them. Oh, this is the yeah the freestyle um, cyclists. So and um, mandatory helmet laws, because we're pretty scared as well. Not just the lack of infrastructure, but we're also scared of hey, you'll be fine if you're not wearing a helmet. And I don't have fee money to pay those fees, so if you just mm. yeah, because I interviewed Alan Todd on the, um, the show I did a fortnight ago about this, but it, it keeps coming up that back in the late eighties, you know, when this thing happened with mandatory helmet legislation being brought in and in, into the early nineties, what it did, regardless if you have opinion positive or negative on it, but what it did was blame shifted everything back onto the end user. 
So mm. therefore, it ended up being this fantastic thing for governments where, as yep. part of the conversation was spoken about today, is that they didn't have to build stuff. Absolutely. The road safety issues were all up to us. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. magic magic foam hat will will solve all of the um, yeah. safety issues about yeah. riding anywhere. And then if you have kids and you want to ride that bike, you like okay, let me think about it first. I won't probably not take a ride bike and bring my kids. So, but no, that's not how it goes. Let's let's think about this. Let's do something about it. Um, climate change is real. Yep, it's all tied in. Um. You don't. Uh, we just need that accessibility to have those bicycles that women of color need, because um, the migrant population need. It's all in that essay. If you would like to read it over uh, an overland, it's up online now. So that's that's where my advocacy is is geared towards. Mm-hmm. Okay, they bring out the other include us in the conversation we're not into long-term bike trips we're not into going out in the country and yeah spending a weekend away but we just need every day going just to the shops point a to b that's all we need because i think uh was it dr sue was it sue law fang if i get the name correct she did a whole bunch of research on this from the victoria university about 10 years ago about barriers that women sought cycling because you know, our way of cycling what we perceive is all teched up and nice gear and looking a certain way and it's no. diverse as people are individually you know Absolutely. like you, you guys want bicycles for transportation you want stuff that makes it easy and simple and safe to get around like you know the the um, cargo bike perfect yep it is perfect but then it's quite expensive so mm. how how do structures make it accessible to women to have that cargo bike. So me, I had to do that concept of interceptionality that yeah. Michelle Cahill um, uh, raised. So we just want those structures be available to us. And it's quite difficult to have those, like say a cargo bike or a, a trike. So yeah, uh, to this very day, I still can't have the e-folder that I've been wanting because there are no structures for me financial or um or funding or additional help but because um yeah to have that e e folder is quite difficult even though that's how we start not because hey it's easy to ride a bike that no how to acquire a bike first is the conversation that we need to begin for other for the other people in cycling because invariably again part of the conversation we've been you know around is everything's set up for cars mm. Every, everything yes. is easy for cars if you've got a car it's all you been set up for you. you now to buy a car to service a car to run the car is phenomenally expensive but the processes have been made easier, easier. but reality is economically it absolutely stuffs you yes you're doing with cargo bikes is actually easier but the entry process is harder but once you've got it you're away so these are the processes that have got to be worked upon. So if you own um, a bike shop or you know someone who um, imports bicycles and, you know, either builds, manufactures, start thinking about your process. And Like, okay, I, I used to work in the bicycle industry and I know basically a lot of it's ship units. But have a little think about some of your economic models because stuff where you could 
uh, <coughs> buy on deposit. You know, we all yep. can talk about afterpay, but I'm not going to really get into that sort of stuff. But yep. the, the, the models that are set up, so you make a bit of money, the other person gets the goods, you know. That's it. You <laughs> also get that continu- – if you have the right service model, you yes. get a continued um, reliable customer of um, for, for servicing and maintenance. Yep. So there's the – the, and to bring it back to the fixed the the costs for for cars, there's there's low people on low incomes that are locked into two to three thousand dollars worth of worth unavoidable fixed costs per year before they even feed the feed the beast to to get it to travel anywhere. Um, you know, there, there's I can't believe that there is any way you can you can run a car in in, a, in Australia and not have that. Two to three thousand worth of worth of fixed costs. I mean, you can buy a cheap car and, and degrade it by not maintaining it, and only put petrol in it and drive it. But sooner or later, things are going to wear out and fail, and you're going to leave it on the side of the road somewhere. Mm. Um, you know, and then and if you if you can't leave it on the side mm. of the road, it almost costs you to get rid of it. So by comparison, to to enable the uh, bikes, e-bikes, cargo bikes. Yep. Um, your um, your costs are lower, but, uh, but as then, Chris pointed out, there's no structure. No. There's no structure there because everything's been predicated upon um, making cars as easy as possible for yep. use. But it's appearances, yeah, because it really slugs you. So is this? Should we um should should we uh, um make the listener aware that there is a gap in the market here for servicing yes. servicing and gap, low income? Yep. Gap in the market, gap in education as well, because in TAFE, even though they say it's free, it doesn't include um, bicycle maintenance. It doesn't include, uh, it just includes car maintenance or something. But yeah, when I inquired about the, uh, from the Department of Education with the hashtag Education State, doesn't include um, bicycle maintenance courses, which is supposed to be free. We could have gotten that um, to service a cargo bike. It's um, impossible in the west side. Nobody wants to touch the, a cargo bike. So, yeah. So you could see the Yeah, so the uh, there the is structure. a uh, business model there if someone wants to have a think about it. I think there's um, – well, there's quite a few cargo bike, you know, things around that they – you're giving us a lot of food for thought today. Mm. So, so how can people get hold or read this Overland Journal article and find out more about your work? Oh, okay. I'm on Twitter as Cubby Berry. Um, I've the latest essay. I pin it on the on Twitter, and also I'm on Instagram as CB Mako. So you could check it out there. I've got a link there. And Overland is overland.org.au. Excellent. So I am going to do this. Have we got time for news and events? I don't think so. Very short, very short news and events. Uh, what you were looking up something yesterday, Steve? Oh, the, oh I was looking at um, going for a ride. The diametric opposite to what we've been discussing: going for long rides. And in, and if we want to talk about going for the longest ride um, next weekend, uh, the Indie Pack might be starting. Oh, thing that formerly was Indie Pack. The um, yes, people will be starting a long ride in Fremantle. Okay, so also this weekend, as we uh, mentioned in our interview, is the Freestyle Cyclist Ride. It's uh, the sixteenth. Yes, it's the sixteenth Saturday um, in for Melbourne. It will be at eleven o'clock at somewhere in North Carlton. Uh, it's yep. at the Park Cafe, the one yep. up on Nicholson Street. Yep. Also Sunday. Uh, 
Melbourne tradition of taking your clothes off and going for a bike ride. It's a worldwide naked bike ride thingy. And um, What's the weather forecast? I don't is know. Is it um, cold shrinkage <laughs> weather or is it going to be Sunburn. warm and dangly weather? Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Just making the listener aware of potential yeah, hazards. Well, or, you know, it's a bit... bit yeah. Yeah. Um, it's going to be uh, start about 12 o'clock over in North Melbourne. Uh, the details are everywhere if you want to look it up on the internet, um, March the 16th. Also, I just want to drop in long-running campaign that's been going on in Noble Park. It's to save the velodrome out there in Parkfield Reserve. It seems like the uh, council out there, Greater Downland Council, are shuddering along to some pretty nasty conclusion, which is just go in there and demolish it because we can. So to this I say... Again, trying to lift her up. Today's a public holiday. If you're in the southeastern suburbs, get yourself down to Noble Park and go a gentle roll around a velodrome that some people don't think exists or people don't ride. And uh, we've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of either uh, people, people in real life and photos and everything of um, reality did you take something else. Yes, oh. the, the advantage of that facility is that you can either stroll around at a very slow pace or you can rocket round at a fast pace, or both in the same lap. It's one of, probably one of the strangest things I've ever seen in terms of um, people just backing themselves into a corner and saying, nah, I've made my mind up, and when reality dictates something else. And what we've subsequently found out is that uh, the residents absolutely love the place. Politics, isn't it wonderful, <laughs> folks? <laughs> okay, so that's all we got time for today. Thank you. Introduce yourself again as we as we go out. Okay, thanks, thanks, Chris. This is CB Margo. Thank you so much for listening, and it's been fantastic. So I'll be back on in about a fortnight. Thank you, Steve. And um, don't forget, podcast will be up later today. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.